Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Perkins Platform. This is a monthly solutions-oriented talk radio show. Each month, we dedicate about 30 minutes to explore contemporary issues and solutions in education leadership, and this is your host, Brian Perkins. Uh, This month, we have uh, as a guest uh, Dr. Warren Ng, who is the president-elect of the American Academy of Child and Adolescent Psychiatry. Um, He is also an associate professor uh, of psychiatry at Columbia University, uh, and so uh, one of my colleagues at the university. uh, And I just want to welcome Warren for uh, welcome you to uh, the show. Thank you very much, Dr. Perkins. It's a pleasure to be here, and thank you so much for creating the space to have this meaningful dialogue. Thank you. Um, And to our faithful listeners, welcome back, and thank you for being part of our family of over 5,000 listeners every month. And to our new listeners, we're glad you joined us. Um, So, Warren, I am so, so um, happy to have you, Uh, and, and it's it's going to be a very short 30 minutes for me uh, because I have so many questions to, uh, to ask you. I've had a number of people, when, when I announced that you were going to be on the show, uh, people wrote in and uh, wanted to know um, what some of the things we might discuss. And I always try to keep it a, a secret, but I want to I jump right in, Warren, to ask you uh, a few questions just right off off the the bat. Um, I know that the academy, um, that you are uh, going to be the the president soon uh, of the American Academy of Child and Adolescent Psychiatry, uh, has uh, published a set of recommendations about talking to children about coronavirus, COVID-19. And there was one, it's actually the last one, really kind of stuck out for me uh, because it's one that I know a number of parents have struggled with. Uh, and I'll read it, and I, I have a few questions about it. One, it, it reads, although parents and teachers may follow the news and the daily updates with interest and attention, most children just want to be children. They may not want to think about what's happening across the country or elsewhere in the world. They'd rather play ball, go sledding, climb trees, or ride bikes. And so I reflected on that a little bit, and I said, you know, I, this is, that's probably true. And uh, two months ago, they, they were living in a world where uh, that was possible. But, I, I, but what, what struck me is that you know, a lot of these children are now thinking, and it's, like, it's right in front of them, uh, the images they see, not just on television, but the images they see out uh, when they go to the grocery store with mom or dad um, or adult caretaker, uh, or the fact that there were plans and there are no longer plans. And you have to have a conversation with children about what's happening. 
uh, and and it's likely to to cause some anxiety. So I just wonder uh, what what do you to that to that recommendation? How do you balance that they want to do some of the things that are ordinary, but there's still limits to what they can do? Um, I'll stop there. So what do you think? Thank you, Dr. Perkins. I think that's a perfect place to start um, because I think one of the things that that um, number 14 on that list of things to think about um, that is available on our Academy website um, really celebrates what's unique about children and adolescents as well as celebrates their resilience as well as their joy to just be who they are, where they are, and regardless of the circumstances. And I think it's a wonderful reminder for all of us, as children teach us many different things, is really not to lose the joy um, in the context of all of the things that we are experiencing at this time. And that's why I think children and, and adolescents and young people are thought of as being innocent, but in many ways they're much wiser in some regards. And some of the things that we can learn from them is really to be in the moment, to be present, to celebrate the little joys and the other joys mm -hmm. um, in the midst of a pandemic. Um, and so I think that that's, it comes to mind um, as, you know, young people are trying to put together their understanding of themselves as well as their understanding of the world. And they're trying to make sense of things. And so I think the most important thing is really their relationship to those who care about them, whether that's their parents, whether or not that's their teachers, their educators, whoever's around them. And it's really important for us um, who care about them to really take a moment to check in with ourselves um, so that we can be there and be our best. Um, so that's why I think one of the things that we often say about how do we approach many of these things is really to check in with yourself, mm -hmm. to manage our own feelings and thoughts so that we can really create that open, supportive environment and have that dialogue. And probably the most important thing I would say is to listen because one of the things we really need to understand is what do they have questions about? How do they see these things? Because they might not be thinking about some of these things at all. And yet at the same time, they may be our worries, but they're not currently their worries. Mm -hmm. And so I think part of it is understanding to best help a child or a young person. It's also figuring out where they're at um, and what questions they might have, because they may be consuming or understanding media very differently than how we can hear it, and they may fixate on a question that they want asked, which will make mm -hmm. sense for them of what's going on. So I think mm -hmm. that's really important. So mm -hmm. being in the so, good... Mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, go ahead, go ahead, please. Um, so just, just to summarize, I think it's really being in our best position to help, um, secondly, mm -hmm. to listen um, to where kids are at, and really using the developmentally appropriate language at that age so that they can best appreciate it. 
Mm-hmm. You know, one one thing you just said struck me about, you know, th- that they may have a lot of questions. And with with much of what's being shared uh, in the news media, as you know, uh, there's a lot of 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 conflicting information that's that's out there. And there are a lot of parents uh, of various uh, education levels and various uh, expertise in different areas. And and a lot of people, uh, even people in the medical field, um, are at a loss for what's how to explain what's really going on. And so my question is, is it okay to say, I, I'm, I don't know, I'm confused. How much is it okay to say in that area, if you are confused, anxious to a child when they are looking to you for reassurance? Because I, I heard you loud and clear when you said to listen to them, but I also heard you say, that they may have questions. So what do we do if they come to us and we really don't have answers uh, that, that are suitable to reassure them? Uh, because that's, that's another aspect of what you, the, the academy talks about, the reassurance of, of the students. So um, what is it that we, it's okay to say if we're not sure? Sure. I think that joining and inviting the young person to learn with you um, is really important. So I think that it's wonderful to to have the answers. It's also wonderful to, you know, have that learning um, perspective and and that curiosity. I think what's so challenging with the coronavirus and COVID-19 at this time is that there is a lot of uncertainty, the unknowns, and as well the the newness of it all. And those things create a fair amount of anxiety in all of us. And I think one of the things that we can focus on are what are the things that we know and what are the things we don't know. And in terms of the things that we don't know, then let's look for that information. And let's look at information that might be helpful from the perspective, and I know at the Academy, we highlight the CDC and the World Health Organization, and mm-hmm. um, or even your um, local city and or state government in terms of information that might be on available. And it's important that when you do look for the information, that it's age appropriate. So mm-hmm. um, not all children at different ages may understand things differently. In terms of understanding what we do know, there's a lot of things that we do know. There's a lot of things that we can do to prevent ourselves from becoming infected with coronavirus or COVID-19. Mm, and focusing sure. on the things that we do know, hand mm. washing, not to touch your face, wearing masks when appropriate, and mm-hmm. other and social distancing. So it's really acknowledging what we don't know, but also reinforcing what we do know. Um, sure. And I think of the, uh, in some ways, the serenity prayer, not necessarily um, in, in any particular, I think, any faith or 
religion, really the idea of having the serenity um, to accept the things that we can change, also courage to change the things that we can, and mm-hmm. wisdom to know the difference. And it's also mm-hmm. being able to differentiate that um, for the young person. Um, and then sometimes the challenges is that there's just so much information. And how do we sure. differentiate those that are um, kind of leading us um, to become more anxious versus those that might help us to be more reassured. And so Mm -hmm. I think that when they're engaging you, um, it's always wonderful to ask them, what do you have questions about? What are you worried about that you've heard? How can we talk about that? Let's look together. Or Mm -hmm. if you know the answer, then to be able to share it so that it can dispel many myths that Mm -hmm. are currently circulating that raise Mm -hmm. more fear um, but not necessarily helpful information. Mm-hmm. And and I think about um, the conversation often uh, with if if with people who have very small children. Um, mm-hmm. I also question what's going on in their heads. That you know, two months ago uh, there weren't people at the grocery store wearing masks or wearing gloves and some have the i'm sure the curiosity to ask the question but then there may be others that are just confused and so the first i have two parts to that to a question one is in cases like that where children aren't saying anything do you recommend that parents and adult caretakers or even teachers that are doing online pieces um, of education for for children, uh, do they bring it up? Do they say, I know you've seen X and you may have questions about that if the child doesn't say anything or do you just leave it alone and don't uh, don't bring it up? You know, they say they, if they don't say anything, I won't say anything. So what what do you recommend? I do recommend, I think, just being real in that sense for young people and just saying, we've never been here before. We're doing many things that are different. If you have any questions, please let me know. But also, I think as an educator and or a parent or, or someone who's taking care of um, a young person, you may also notice that they seem puzzled or that they seem kind of confused, and those are often good opportunities just to ask. But I think as a general rule of thumb, I think when you were mentioning the fact that two months ago people were going to grocery stores and it's a totally different experience at this time, when things are so obvious in your face, it's totally fine to just say, you know, I think that, you know, if you do go to the grocery store and the people, the essential workers there who are helping us are wearing masks and gloves. You know, they're doing that to take care of you. They're doing that to take care of all of us. And they're, um, those things that we do differently are actually to help everyone feel safer. And sometimes sure. it's really in the context of giving it meaning so that those things that are different, like we're not able to go to the restaurant that we usually go to to celebrate your birthday this year, Um, The reason why that's different is that we're needing to take care of each other and keep each other safe, and therefore Mm -hmm. those are the reasons for the differences. And giving meaning to things helps 
I think young people then understand what it's all about, um, even though sometimes there are things that might seem, you know, still um, undesirable or unpleasant. I think that's, um, and that framing it in the context of taking care of each other, taking care of the ones that we love as well as our community, um, sometimes those things help young people feel empowered to be able to contribute. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I, I, I think that it's, um, when we're wearing masks, I think um, it's there are different ways that we can protect ourselves physically, but the best ways to protect ourselves um, um, psychologically as well as for our well-being is really being able to um, practice some of those skills that, um, such as connectedness and in this age of social distancing, to make sure that we're not emotionally distancing and that we're connecting in meaningful ways and we're able to really have that one-on-one time, device-free, phone-free time where we're really checking in with one another. Um, And I think that this has been a rare opportunity where actually many families who might have not have had so much family time now do, and being able to also acknowledge that and the meaning and importance of connectedness um, and self-care. Sure, sure. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, Thank you for that. For those of you who may have just joined us, um, you've reached the Perkins platform, uh, and this is uh, today's show is about mental health of children and adolescents during COVID-19. We have uh, Dr. Warren Ng, who is the president-elect of the American Academy of Child and Adolescent Psychiatry and an associate professor of uh, psychiatry at Columbia University. Um, Just as a a, a slight shift um, that you you said quite a few things that resonated with what I was thinking, um, and you mentioned also being important to not only just take care of yourself physically, but also emotionally and 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 with social and emotion uh, distancing, making sure that we don't um, suffer from emotional distancing uh, was you know there's a something that I thought about uh, some time ago, um, I was uh, visiting family uh, a few years back and I witnessed um, a member of my family, uh, a young man, and he was a teenager at the time and and he was playing uh, a video game. And I just sat and watched the video game. I grew up and we had video games, certainly not as sophisticated as they are today, but um, I saw him playing a video game and in the video game, it was a basketball game. And so his avatar had uh, the ability to choose what kinds of clothes it, it put on. And so he, he spent probably 15 minutes trying to, um, trying to decide what he was going to dress his avatar up in. And so he did that. And I just watched the whole process. And then he went to this virtual space where other friends and colleagues, if you will, were. And he waited to be chosen on the sidelines uh, to play a game. So it's a very interactive game. Um, But what struck me was 
the thing that I used to do as a child, as an adolescent, um, in the physical space, he was doing in a virtual space. And it was, I mean, the same amount of time to figure out what shorts and T-shirt you're going to wear. He did that in a virtual sense. And, and I thought about this COVID situation where, uh, without judgment, that the children and adolescents today already have a different experience. That, that of what it means to be connected. And so now with this, uh, the, the COVID crisis, I, I couldn't help but think about what might be the long-term impact of children um, uh, in, this, in these spaces um, now that are really more of a requirement to be in virtual spaces versus being you know, kind of it being being a volunteer in a in a participant in a in the virtual spaces. Uh, any anything you have to 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 offer on on what might be uh, a long term impact of that? Sure, I I think that um, it's a wonderful question. I think that we have been in this digital internet social um, sort of electronic platform for quite some time, if not any, but uh, the COVID-19 pandemic has definitely pushed it to another level. Um, and I think that our young people are experiencing life in a very different way. And similar to how you started our wonderful dialogue with the idea of really the fact that kids are going to be kids. Um, and I think it's the beauty of that resilience that they find different ways to do things at different times. Um, so I think with that, we really don't know um, over time. Um, I think just looking at the gaming and also the um, social networking and how those things have influenced young people in terms of how they may be in the future, I think a lot of the things we need to um, observe and see. But the one thing that we do know is that despite all of the technology People need to be connected. They need to know who they are. They need to be known to others. And whether or not the digital platform enables that or whether or not it facilitates some of it but doesn't do all of it, that's where we want to check in with our young people. I think adolescents are the most incredible human beings. They challenge everything. They want everything. And they live everything. And for that reason, we have a lot to learn from them. And I think that... Um, but uh, but the fact that they are navigating this, um, it is important to check in um, to make sure that all of their needs are met because I think one of the challenges is that with living so much virtually, you're not fully your own. Your avatar is not you. Um, it is a part of you. It's a facet of you. And to be able to then be known by someone who loves them, who knows them, when they are irritable, when they are not that avatar, and when they're just in a bad situation and looking not so great, we want to know them and love them in that way as well. And I think what we'll see is in this era of how have we gone come through this, as I mentioned, whether or not it's the family table or whether or not it's the fact that we're calling our grandparents, checking in, whether or not we're connecting with our neighbors in different ways, the important thing is the meaningful connection. 
Um, mm-hmm. But I think, as you were saying, for young people, there's a real change in how they're experiencing their life. The usual rituals that they go through, whether or not it's going to school or whether or not it's graduating from one grade or graduating from school, and those those rituals that are so meaningful in passage of rights, as well as helping to consolidate um, the learning, the growth, and the development that have occurred, and yet inviting the next chapter of their lives is so important. And being able to create now meaningful rituals for young people that are important to them. So the important thing is is that it's not the prom the way that we see it. It's the prom that they want to see it. And the important thing is to make that meaningful transition for them so that they can really experience that milestone. Um, the mm-hmm. important thing is, is really every young person is uniquely different, and it's really finding out what makes a difference for them to help mm-hmm. them through this process and to help mm-hmm. them celebrate their life in a way that I think is going to be meaningful and will hopefully ameliorate some of the less positive aspects of having to go through this period. Sure, sure. Um, and uh, thank you for that, because I w- my next question was about those rites of passage and that for many, whether it's graduation or senior prom or or any number of other things that um, I, I, I really had questioned for a while now, um, the... I guess I I would call it the the wisdom in what how we have we have made statements that are just matter of fact like um there will be no school for the rest of the year um and I for me I've I've talked to a lot of adults about it and I've asked adults what do you think what what would you how would you feel if let's say this was your senior year of of college or your senior year of high school what would you think and i've had every reaction from um i would be devastated to i would you know fall out on the floor you know um and and i think i i've tried to put myself also uh in that and i was uh, just talking to someone last week and they said you know, what I think is that still exists is this idea of when you are when you are about to accomplish something, the recognition that you have been waiting for. Uh, it's important that we we acknowledge it in a meaningful way. So I, I heard you in that not that it's just that it's meaningful to us, but that it's meaningful to them, too. Um, I I know a lot of schools and universities around the country have yet to address. So what's going to happen? What what is it that will happen when this time comes and goes? I'm really happy that um, our university has decided to do at least to put a marker in the place and do kind of a a virtual uh, gathering. Uh, and I know some universities are doing that, but I, I do think there is some value in recognizing that there there needs to be um, a, a kind of a, a, a acknowledge, a, at least an acknowledgement that um, this is something you did and we're putting a stake here and we're going to come back to it um, at another time, perhaps, but 
but we don't want to just say continue without acknowledging your your accomplishment here. And I I I, I would like to hear what you think about that. Um, and do you think it's terribly important that we that we do those kinds of of acknowledgments uh, for their benefit? I mean, and and to be honest with you, I, I'm going to say not even just for the the children maybe that are involved. But there are parents that are also very much invested at this time and are disappointed and and really um, heartbroken by not being able to celebrate in this way with their child. Many of them have looked for a lot of years to to have this happen uh, and then not to be able to do that. I, I I would like to hear from you in terms of the mental health the mental health aspect of this. Sure. I think the the important thing is, and you've shared it beautifully, is that it isn't just about the young person. We've invested in each other to have this wonderful moment, and how can we still have it? And I think that the important thing there is really what is meaningful for everyone involved? What would be an acknowledgement of this beautiful ritual of passage and your entry into your next? And so I think that's that's like the dinner table. It's a dialogue. It's a conversation. And how can we make it meaningful for you? And there is some mourning, a mourning of a opportunity, a mourning of a particular expectation um, that that is a part of that process. So um, regardless of the bittersweet, just appreciate how can we bring meaning to it? How can we acknowledge this important thing? And in the end, what makes the most, most difference for our young people are the people who, who they care about, who love them, are able to participate in a meaningful way and acknowledge mm. that within their lives. And just being able to do that in a unique way that is kind of negotiated with each person who's a part of that person's life um, would be a wonderful way because then not only is it just a graduation or a prom, it's just for them. And there's something mm-hmm. unique about that. Um, sure. And there may be a lot of things that will not quite be the same, but the important thing is the meaning of it, the value of it, what's most important, and that's each other. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for that. And I, um, as I told you, the 30 minutes goes really fast, <laughs> and we're already at our at our end, but um, you've offered quite a bit of insight uh, for for me and I'm sure the the people who are listening are also enlightened by what you've shared today. Um, I, uh, I I know that we still have a ways to go where we are mm-hmm. in this. Um, it's not easy. Uh, I I definitely recommend to the parents and uh, the the teachers and principals that are out there listening to go to the website uh, for the Academy is the American Academy uh, for child and adolescent psychiatry. Um, Some great recommendations, um, 14 recommendations for talking to children about coronavirus uh, that I think would, would help us uh, a lot. Um, And, and so those, those have been definitely have given me a lot of, uh, um, food for thought and consideration. And so, uh, Dr. Ng, again, thank you for taking time out of your very busy schedule. 
Uh, we appreciate um, everything you've shared with us, and we we wish you the best. And I know you also are in New York, so Thank stay you. safe. It's um, a and and stay well. Uh, and we hope to uh, hear from you again. And to our thank audience, you. thank you. And to our audience, go well, stay well. Take care. Take care.